The Trump administration has rescinded an Obama-era policy designed to ensure that transgender students in public schools could use bathrooms and locker rooms that align with their gender identity. It came in the form of a letter issued yesterday by the Education and Justice Departments, which said they need to, needed to, quote, further and more completely consider the legal issues involved. The letter went on to say that students retain protections against bullying and harassment and that LGBT students must be able to, quote, learn and thrive in a safe environment. The legal questions center on the law known as Title IX, which bars discrimination on the basis of sex but doesn't specify how that requirement applies to transgender people. What Title IX means for transgender bathroom rights in public schools is also before the Supreme Court in a case set for argument at the end of March. With us to discuss all this is James Essex. He's the director of the ACLU's LGBT and HIV project. He's also one of the lawyers for the transgender student who's involved in the Supreme Court case. And Neil McCluskey, director of the Institute for Educational Freedom at the Cato Institute. Neil, let, let me start with you. Well, first of all, welcome to you both. Neil, um, what is your reaction to, to the letter yesterday? Well, I mean, I think that what the administration did was probably the right thing, although I think that what's really central here is to understand that we have really competing rights. And, and I don't think there is any actually perfect answer within the confines of public schooling. Uh, it's absolutely a concern of the federal government if uh, transgender students or anyone else is being discriminated against. Um, but by the same token, there are certainly people, I think, who have legitimate claims to privacy rights, it is certainly a new idea that someone of a different uh, biological sex would be using uh, the bathroom or the locker room with you. And so I think what happened was the Obama administration rushed in to try to do something they clearly thought was good um, before uh, society had had a chance to discuss this or d really debate it, and without balancing or thinking a whole lot about competing rights. And so I think this is something that the federal government should not have uh, stepped into, certainly not as quickly as it did. James, the federal government has been blocked from even enforcing this guidance by a Texas judge. So why the hurry to rescind the guidance? Well, look, rescinding the guidance doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, all students in this country um, should be able to have an equal access to an education and to have the government make sure that they have those kind of, that equal access right. And that's what the guidance was about, but it's also what the underlying statute, Title IX, is about. And what's important to remember here is the education department can, as and I think it just did, turn its back on transgender students all across the country and say to them, point blank, we will not protect you. But the education department doesn't get to say at the end of the day what Title IX means. The courts get to decide that. And courts have decided that transgender students, A, are protected from discrimination in the schools, and they've also said that transgender students are protected, including in the context of access to restrooms. Neil, Donald Trump and people in his administration have talked about this as a states' rights issue. Um, we, I don't think we would say that in this day and age about, say, racial discrimination or discrimination against women, that that ought to be a matter for the states. Why should this be any different than those? Yeah, I, I really don't like the framing that they use calling this states' rights. I actually don't think that states have specific rights. I think people have rights. And so I have a problem with that. However, this is actually the right move, I think, when you think about what federalism is. And federalism is 
the closer that decisions are made to the people that they affect, the better. And when we're talking about changing social norms and desires, mores, it makes more sense to let that happen organically. Let communities and people decide amongst themselves how they want to deal with these changes rather than having the federal government all of a sudden say, no, we are going to make this decision for you, despite the fact that there are competing rights, despite the fact that people are still coming to terms with what societal changes mean. I also think it's important, though, to note that what the Department of Education did here is not say to transgender students, we will not protect you. In fact, they said quite clearly, if you were bullied, if you were threatened, if you're attacked, this is something that we will deal with. What they're saying is only that we don't think it's right for the federal government to decide what your policy should be about accessing locker rooms and bathrooms. We're talking about the new developments in the debate over transgender bathroom use by students, bathroom use by transgender students, rather. Our guests are James Essex of the ACLU and Neil McCluskey of the Cato Institute. Um, James, uh, earlier Neil was talking about the rights on the other side. Aren't there some legitimate both privacy and safety rights when it comes to uh, the other students that we have to take into account when we talk about this issue? Well, look, privacy is important to all of us. Um, And privacy in the restroom is absolutely important. But let's think about this for a second. When you go into the restroom, you don't see other people naked. If you see other people naked, it means you're doing something wrong, not the other person. So we don't really have privacy concerns in the restroom. The high school in Gloucester has uh, dividers between the urinals. They put up privacy strips to cover the gaps between the partitions in the stalls. No one's going to see anything in the restroom there. There are, I get that there are privacy concerns that people have, but I think if you think through it, um, you realize that there's really no issue. And so what we have is we have some fear-mongering going on, and I think that's very unfortunate. Um, the one thing that, that Neil has said that I agree with is that, yes, look, the country is on a journey um, towards greater understanding of who transgender people are and the challenges that they face and the discrimination that they face in their lives. And that's not because transgender people are new. Trans people have been part of our society forever, and trans people have been using restrooms that match their gender forever, and most people have simply never noticed. Um, And what we need on this point is we need some leadership, and that's what we had from the Obama administration, and unfortunately the Trump administration has decided to lead towards greater problems and and less protections for trans people instead of towards you know, reaffirming a core American value of equality. Neil, in fact, this opened a rift in the Trump Trump administration. Reports are that the Education Secretary DeVos resisted signing off on the order. AG Jeff Sessions took it to Trump, who sided with him and told DeVos to drop her opposition. What does that say about Sessions' agenda on civil rights? Well, the first thing I'd say is I haven't been involved in any of that. I didn't see it or hear it firsthand, and so I'm always hesitant to talk about reports, about agreements or disagreements that I'm not sure that people are absolutely certain about. It sounded to me like what Secretary DeVos wanted was to say, well, we need to make sure that there are assurances that we will protect uh, transgendered students from bullying and and 
intimidation, and that was put in there. Um, and I, I don't also, I can't speak to what was in uh, uh, the Attorney General's mind, but I do think that there are a lot of people who have lots of concerns beyond just balancing different people's rights about, was this the right mechanism to change policy? Was it right to say with a dear colleague letter that we are now going to essentially change rules and regulations that had meant something different, at least in most or many people's minds before that? So it could have been very good legal reason for what he wanted, whereas Secretary DeVos might have been saying, well, what's the educational policy uh, aspect of this? James, I want to ask you about the Supreme Court case that you're involved in, involving uh, a transgender boy named Gavin Grimm uh, at, at a, a, a high school called Gloucester in Virginia. And uh, this, the Obama administration guidance was a central part of that case. What does this latest development mean for your Supreme Court case? Well, it's, it's not clear that it means uh, much at all, and here's why. When the court granted a review, it granted a review of two separate questions. One question was a question of, was it appropriate for the federal appeals court that ruled for Gavin to um, defer to this guidance that has just been repealed? And certainly that question, uh, now that the guidance has been repealed, uh, goes away. But the court also accepted um, a separate question, which is simply the straight-up question of, what does Title IX mean? in terms of transgender students and restrooms. So that doesn't have to do with guidance at all, and, the, and the, I expect the court will decide that question. Is that, James, actually a bigger question in some ways? Could this make this a bigger case because the court is going to directly decide what Title IX requires? It is an enormously important question for uh, transgender people all across the country and for school districts. Everybody needs to understand what it is the law requires. We think the law clearly requires um, uh, common decency and respect for transgender students, including uh, recognizing the reality of who they are, which means that the only place that they can um, uh, realistically use restrooms is the restrooms that can, are consistent with how they live their lives. Neil, just about uh, a minute here. Do you agree or could the Supreme Court send the matter, matter back to the lower court to consider the new guidance? Could this be a sort of off-ramp for the justices for now? Well, I'm not a lawyer, so I'll probably have to defer to lawyers on this one. My guess would be that the Supreme Court could do that. But I do think that this is a question that's going to stay with us. Uh, what does sex discrimination actually mean under Title IX? So I think it's also possible that the Supreme Court might decide we, they want to weigh in and sort of make a definitive definition of that. James, we'll give you a last word here. Uh, what do you think about that off-ramp possibility? We only have about 30 seconds left. Yeah, look, it is a possibility. Um, the court can decide to send the case back to the uh, lower court if it wants to. The school district here has specifically asked the court to um, decide the broader question, and so have we on behalf of Gavin, um, and we'll now see what the court does. I want to thank our guest, James Essex, of the ACLU LGBT and HIV Project, uh, talking about uh, the uh, Trump administration action on transgender bathroom use, and also Neil McCluskey of the Cato Institute. Uh, we will be talking more about this case when the Supreme Court takes it up at the end of March. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we will talk to Bloomberg's Joe Nocera about the fuzzy lines that surround the uh, crime of insider trading and a big decision from a federal appeals court uh, having to do with whether states can ban 
assault weapons. A court there said that Maryland's ban on assault weapons was indeed constitutional under the Second Amendment. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Law with June Grasso and Greg Storr. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 